When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome in to Religionless Christianity. I'm your host, Spencer. This is my amazing wife, Nikki. And we are so happy to be here with you guys today. We have some top or a couple topics to talk about that have just been on my mind a lot lately. You know, we're not going to dive into the news today. We're going to try to get into the Word of God and, uh, you know, something that's actually beneficial to us, not the disgusting news. So just laying down a little bit of, sorry, do you want to say anything before we get started? I got so much I want to talk about. No, just reminding you guys to comment, like, and subscribe. We just can't uh, wait to hear what you have to say after all this discussion, all the input that you have to give as well. Yeah, we already know, you know, we're not 100% right. Like we talked about, we're not theologians or pastors. So if we're getting off the path Mm -hmm. here, we need you guys to help steer us back. So definitely please comment, um, but like and subscribe, you know, that helps the old YouTube podcast nonsense. So, all right, we are digging into a couple of topics here, and this is based on a sermon that we heard just this week, mm-hmm. earlier this week, and if I can find that sermon online, we go to a pretty small church, so I don't know if the sermon's going to be online, but if it is, I will have it linked down in the description. Mm-hmm. But it was based on, so the, the pastor was going through questions that God asked, or that God or Jesus asks in the Bible, mm-hmm. and the question that he posed is from Genesis 3. Do you have the Bible, if you want to read it for him? Not have that highlighted. Sorry, I didn't. We didn't prepare for this. I think it's like 320 or 310. Yeah, right here. Genesis 3 9. Am I reading it? Oh. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So, where are you? That's the question that was posed. And the idea being. Obviously not that God was looking for Adam and didn't know where he was, right? It's God. He knew where he was. Uh, But this is more of a spiritual question, right? Mm -hmm. God asking, where are you? Because right before this, Adam and Eve had eaten from the tree, knowledge of good and evil, Mm -hmm. sinned. They hear God coming through the garden and they hide from him. So God walking through the garden calls out, where are you? And uh, 
yeah, if you want to lead off on this topic. So we were looking at it from like how, where we're at spiritually. So Adam walked with God. He had communion with God, was in his presence. And then when he disobeyed God and his eyes were opened to good and evil, and then he was aware of his nakedness. And so he hides from God. He's ashamed. And he's not like ashamed that he disobeyed. It's like he's ashamed that he's naked. I just thought of that. <laughs> um, so I think that it's not that he even went to God and said, I'm sorry, I, I disobeyed. He was just ashamed that he was naked. So him and Eve sewed fig leaves together to cover their shame. And so we were just trying to apply this to when, when we disobey God, we, um, we draw away from him. We hide ourselves. And God's word says, if you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. So we lose that communion with God when we sin and we don't confess it. Jesus is our high priest. And the amazing thing about that is that every time we sin, we can ask forgiveness. So, Yeah, and it's more of, you know, that spiritual question of asking ourselves, you know, looking yourself in the mirror, where are you, right? Where are you with God? Um, you know, we've all sinned. But, you know, have you brought your sin in front of God or are you trying to hide your sin mm -hmm. from God? You know, the Bible tells us that we're all laid, you know, naked in front of right. God. There is no hiding, mm -hmm. you know. And in this verse, what's amazing about it is Adam and Eve sin. Obviously, God knows that they sin, you know, but he didn't run away from them. He didn't pull back from them. He's walking in mm -hmm. the garden, going to, going to where they are. He's going to find them. And it's them that run and hide from God. And yeah. how many times in our life have we sinned? And, you know, you hear it a lot in church, right? People that are like, oh, I got to get my life cleaned up before I come back or before I give my life over mm -hmm. to God. I got to get right. cleaned up. And we're hiding these things from God when he sees it all. You know, mm -hmm. he, he knows you before that sin. He knows why you committed that sin. And he knows you after that sin, right? Like he's, he's, in the past, in the future, he's everywhere. So that's a question we have to ask ourselves, like, where are we mm -hmm. with God? And if we're not where we want to be, mm -hmm. it's not God's fault, right? Like he's there calling out to you, where are you? Um, and all you got to do is come out, you know, come out mm -hmm. and show God because the Bible goes on to say in Genesis three twenty one, you know, they come out and they're, they tell God that they sewed these fig leaves together and they're embarrassed about their nakedness. So God doesn't shame them. He sacrifices an animal and clothes them That's in animal skin. Well, I know that represents Jesus covering us. It's a sacrifice. And it's like, it just dawned on me, why didn't God just let them keep their fig leaves on them? Like, there's a reason he gave them animal skin. Like, he made a sacrifice and used the skin as their covering. Like he could have just said, no, just keep your fig leaves on you. That covers your nakedness. I don't know. Isn't that yeah, kind of almost like, Hey, your fig leaves are fine, but I have something better yeah. to clothe you in. Like you can try to clean up a sin on your own and get over something. And that might be fine. You might 
struggle through it, or you can give it all to God and let him wipe it away. Like let him make Mm -hmm. it better. You know, you can struggle through your alcoholism or whatever it is, or you can bring it to God and let him just completely wipe it away, like actually make it right. So just a really fascinating question that I don't think we do enough. You know, we are always, I don't know. I don't think we look in the mirror enough to think, where are we? And if we're not where we want to be, it's, you know, what are we doing to fix it? Like God is always there, right? Knock and the door will be open for you. Ask and you shall receive. Um, So just that, that was sort of the first question that he asked is, I wanted to ask one more. Sorry, thing. go ahead. Put one more thing in, and I didn't write it down. Um, oh Lord! I have it on my phone. But anyway, how we're um we're supposed to gather together. I think it might have been Hebrews. I don't know, but um, and to in order to stir up uh, love and and good works, like it's so important that we gather together because when we're not together, we get sidetracked and we can fall into temptation. So like he has said before, like go to church and not just for yourself, but for the other believers and ask them, where are you? Like when you say, how are, how are you doing? Like that really needs to be a spiritual question, not just like, how was your day and stuff like that. But, um, I was just thinking like when we went door to door with church, with our church, just to preach the gospel or just to pray with people. If someone said, said they were a Christian, like we kind of were like, Oh good, good. You know, Jesus, but we, now we need to say, but where are you? Don't just be fine with them saying, Oh, I go to church. That doesn't mean they're okay. Yeah. We need to to ask them that question. um, Like, yeah. Press in with those questions. And like she said, go to church and, find people that are willing to ask you, where are you? And mm-hmm. be comfortable enough in your skin to open up to them. You know, we need to open up to people and tell them like, man, I'm not okay. Like I've, yeah. I've sinned, yeah. I've got this thing in my life. And, you know, we're supposed to work through that stuff together. You know, you're locked in a room by yourself thinking you're going to overcome sin. You're not, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you need people to come alongside you and pray for you and keep you accountable. That's the way it's supposed to work. So definitely go out and find those people. Um, well, the other question, sorry, I had interrupted you, but it went along with it. <laughs> okay. You can go. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> the second part of this question that he had asked, and this is the question that really hit me harder than the where are you question, although that's a, definitely a good question. But the second part, after Adam and Eve come out and they tell him that um, we've eaten of this apple and God looks to Eve and he asks her, what is this you have done? And I thought, man, the weight of that question coming from God, you know, that's, I don't think a question that we think about much in our life when we sin, this question of, and you know, when you hear that question, like, what is this you have done? You know, it makes me think of, we just watched a sandlot with our kids the other day. And there's a scene in the sandlot where they're playing baseball, whatever, and the kid hits or they lose a ball or whatever, and they're all out of baseballs. So one of the kids runs back home and he gets his stepdad's baseball out of his, like his stepdad's little Mm -hmm. office. And he brings it back and they're, Oh great. We got a baseball and they play with it. And the kid hits a home run into the old man's yard where they can't go in because the the dog or whatever. And 
he starts freaking out and everybody's like, man, what is going on? Why are you like, that's my stepdad's ball. And he's like, it was signed by this baby Ruth. And they're all like, oh my God. Like they freak out. Like, do you realize what you just lost? And like the way to that question, when someone asks you, like, do you realize what you've done is like, you don't understand how monumental what you just did. You just lost a multi-million dollar <laughs> signed baseball. So here God asking Eve, like, do you realize what you've done? You've just cast all of humanity for all time into this endless struggle with sin. Like, do you realize what you've done? And <laughs> holy cow, like, how do you get off the ground after being asked that question? You know, and I think a lot about us, you know, we we're so used to like, oh, I sin or whatever. And we don't really think much about it, but like, you know, when you're, whatever, you're going to give in and watch porn on your computer. Like if you ever stop to hear that, what is it you have done? Like if you realized if your wife caught you watching that, like you've just saddled her with a lifetime of insecurity. Maybe you screwed up your marriage. Maybe a divorce is coming. You've ruined your kid's life. Like what is it you have done, you know, for a few moments of pleasure, for a simple bite, of a piece of fruit, Eve, or you, like you've ruined everything. Do you realize what you've done? And, and like Eve said, and the fruit looked pleasing to the eyes and good for food. Like nothing wrong with that. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the way all of sin seems to us, right? Like it's just a couple yeah. of drinks with the boys, you know, but those couple of drinks turn into alcoholism, turns into abuse, like... Do you realize what you've done? You've ruined your kid's lives. An abused child, like, man, there's so many studies, like, you've ruined them forever. They'll, outside of a move of God, they're never going to recover from that. And I don't think we weigh that question in our mind. So that's the question to ponder, like, where are you? But then in these moments of weakness and sin, if you can just stop, Pray to God for a moment of mental clarity. What is it you are about to do? Like, mm. feel the weight of that question. Because it, you know, we always think, you know, the Bible says like the wages of sin is death. And mm -hmm. we always like, ah, well, when sin is fully developed, then it's death. But <laughs> it doesn't have to be, you know, go and give into adultery one time. That's the death of your family. Like one time, it's not full blown and, it's just one sin, right? You know, get angry and murder somebody. That's one time and your life is over. Like, do you realize what you've done? Mm -hmm. So. And sins, even the little sins, or not even that it's a sin, it just is like a habit or something. It's like it starts off small and then you get, a, you know, you get addicted eventually and it's out of control. It could be anything. Anything can get a hold of you. Yeah. You don't have control over it. That's the thing. No, and even these little sins, like for anybody that has an addiction or life has been ruined, you know, maybe whatever, you're a, th a thief and you've found yourself in prison. Like if you look back on that question, like what is it you've done? Like, man, what you wouldn't have given, you know, your dad spent more than a decade in prison. Mm -hmm. And like if somebody could have gotten a hold of him as a young child, stole one little candy bar or whatever from a store and be like, do you realize like 
it's like the old ghost of Christmas future, whatever. Like I'm going to take you into the future and Mm -hmm. show you all the Christmases you're going to miss, all the birthdays, all the everything you're giving up because you're giving into this one little sin in this moment. Like, do you realize what you're doing? And I guarantee most of these people, man, if you ask them years down the road, could, if you could go back, like, would you do things different? Like every one of them says, of course, you know, but we never stop and think in that moment, you know, what's the consequence of this given into this little pleasure or, mm-hmm. you know, all these people with ruined marriages and ruined families. And like, was it worth it in the end, you know, to when you're 60, 65 years old, 70 on your deathbed, you're going to be happy that you didn't get to spend the time with your family, with your kids that, but you got that 30 year old, you know, that new little play toy, or, you know, you had that one last drink with the boys or you, whatever you gambled your, that money away and lost your savings for your family. Like there's a million different mm-hmm. sins that we give into, but if you could just stop in that moment and ponder, <clears throat> you know, what is it I'm doing and what can this lead to, you know, like, God doesn't give us all these rules just to be, you know, a, mm, a right. mean father. Like he gives us, and we're, we're going to probably do an episode on this. This is something that's been on my heart forever is the 10 commandments are freedom. You know, we always look at them as these like rules to put that God like holds over us. But man, like if you really want to live a life of freedom, it's follow the 10 commandments. Like, yeah. you know, we talked about thou shalt not kill. Like, I can kill if I want to like, sure, go and kill somebody and go get locked in prison and tell me how free you feel, you know? Yeah. Well, I wanted to bring up if anybody's listening and they have just made that one sin that has just destroyed everything in their life. And just the only thing you can do is look up to Jesus. Like there's nothing you can do on your own. And God can turn things around. That's what his word says. He works all things out for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purposes. So don't just be in despair and turmoil over it. Like, you got to just look up and you have to confess your sins. You need someone beside you. I don't know how severe it might be, but don't. Don't try to come out of it all alone. Satan's going to attack your mind and try to beat you down and keep you away from coming to Jesus. Because if you're still alive and breathing, that's God's mercy. Like, don't take this time for granted. Just just run to him. And then you're going to have a testimony. God's going to make a testimony out of it, um, of his work in you. He's going to do good when you turn to him. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how many times you fall on your face. We've all fallen. You know, we all have sins and weaknesses that are unique to us. But, Mm -hmm. you know, in Matthew, I think it's 18, you know, Peter asked Jesus, if my brother sins against me, how many times should I forgive him? And he says seven times. And Jesus says, not seven, seven times 70 is how many times you should forgive him, which is essentially you always forgive him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a picture of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Like there is no limit to his forgiveness. So no matter how many times you've fallen on your face, just be faithful to repent. Like God will do a work in you. Um, 
you just got to be willing to open yourself up to let God do a work in you, right? That's back to the first question. Where are you? You know, if you're not where you want to be, um, God, is, <laughs> his ears are open. Um, he's willing to listen and he's willing to do a work in you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I heard an encouraging sermon today with Spurgeon. And I can't remember it word for word. I should have brought it over here. But like God will not restrict uh, a blessing that, well, what's it word about? You didn't even read it. <laughs> we'll have the sermon linked in the description, though. What Jesus, he was triumphant, you know, and he won't restrict the blessing that Jesus, you know, paid for. So he will always forgive you. He's not going to restrict forgiveness when you ask, that's what I'm trying to say. He's not going to restrict anything, anything good. Like he said, us being evil, we know how to give good gifts to our children. How much more will God give the Holy Spirit? That's what it says, the Holy Spirit, but he will not withhold forgiveness. Yeah, the Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive us. So, man, we love you guys. We want to hear from you on these topics. Um, That stuff just hit me like a ton of bricks when I heard it this week. So if we have these sermons linked down in the description, please go Mm -hmm. check them out. And then, um, again, drop us a like. Come hit us up on Discord and Facebook and all the other stuff that's down there. We want to hear from you guys. But about to wrap this up, do you have anything you want to close with? Love you guys, and we, we do pray for you. We really do. All right, God bless. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.